Hi, and welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast where we're turning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. We're going episode by episode of the television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. And we have some very special guests with us today. You guys want to introduce yourselves? No. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Kim might. Yeah. That's Tabs, and I'm Kim. Yay! <laughs> that was like a Team Rocket-esque introduction. <laughs> Tonight is a very special session because in 1997, the first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer came to its conclusion with the episode Prophecy Girl, and we'll be celebrating that tonight. But before we jump into it, let's head into the library. Do they have a door sound? Creak! <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> so now you're in the library with a librarian, because Kim's it's a librarian. It's true. Wait, I didn't know that. You're a librarian? Yeah. I am. Omar is going to fangirl so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Omar loves libraries. Um, Before we get uh, much more into libraries, which we will, uh, really quickly, I want to formally introduce you guys, um, and the reason that we're freaking out and uh, and fangirling all alike is because we are sitting here with uh, the creators of Buffy Between the Lines, which was one of the original Buffy podcasts. Where, I don't know, if you guys have a better pitch than me, uh, I'm, I'm more than willing to allow that. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Well, we just decided that we felt like there was more story to tell. So um, we just we created some stories that run between some seasons of Buffy. And um, the, it was a pretty elaborate audio drama. And, um, and so it just fills in some gaps that are left in the show. Uh, we had about 200 people internationally participating, and um, and it was a crazy amount of work and a huge amount of fun. Your guys' episodes play like real episodes of Buffy. That's what freaks me out so much, and why I got like so obsessed with Buffy Between the Lines, because uh, it's really it's more episodes. Like it's just more Buffy. <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> yeah. So the the. The impetus for this was Kim and I actually met through a Whedon podcast. She was guesting and I was listening and I emailed her and she's like, I, may, I might do my own podcast. And I was like, I emailed her like, you should, you have an awesome voice. And we became best friends. Um, <laughs> true. And there was a Firefly fan podcast mm-hmm. that was an audio drama. And I was like, well, hey, I went to school. I did communications. I did radio. <laughs> I could do this. Make a Buffy one. That's that's easy, right? And so I posted in Live Journal. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> Back in the day, <laughs> and I said, you know, who wants to help me out? We could do this thing. The internet is a thing. We can record, and you know, it's it's easy. Um, little did I know what I was saying. But, <laughs> and Kim's like, I can help. I can do some voices or something. I'm like, no, you're gonna be the co-executive producer. So. <laughs> It's true. I, I said I'll do like... everything but write. I <laughs> yeah. wound up writing. <laughs> and it's really like it's it's a little uncanny like going back and listening because it it's freaky how good and how accurate to the characters you guys sound. Like it sounds so close. It like trips me out where I'm just like, oh yeah, Nicholas Brendan. Wait, no, that's not Nicholas Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we did so Nicholas of... So Nicholas Brendan, that that feeling that you have right now, mm-hmm. we had. We're like, is he like secretly pretending to be somebody else? Like, is it actually yeah, Nicholas Chris Brendan? Because that's weird. amazing. <laughs> yeah, he he was definitely, um, and and it's so funny because when you tell him, he's like, yeah, I don't hear it, 
But <laughs> yes, he, he definitely was a really good ringer for Nick Brendan. We were more going for the essence of the sound of the characters than necessarily an actual um, imitation. Mm-hmm. But, but I feel like we, for the most part, captured it. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh our Xander and our other character that I can't say are my favorites. <laughs> well, it's it's international, right? So did you mm-hmm. did you meet all of these people in person? Like what if some of the characters <laughs> were just the actors and they were just doing it on the side and not telling anyone? <laughs> like when an actor goes into a chat room and is like, right. I'm so and so and they're like, No you're not Really though, (laughs) running around pretending to be Allison Hannigan. We actually did wind up meeting several um, of the people in the show because we had our own little mini Buffy Between the Lines convention. Uh. (laughs) Whoa! Where? How many people? What was the deal with that? Um, <laughs> Lois Lane, let's, uh, let's, 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 let's. <laughs> Superman, how it are you It was fun. We all went out to LA. We we toured all the different Buffy um, like location sites. Oh, great! And um, and some angel ones, and it was a blast. It was, and there was like what twelve of us. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, do you guys actually go out to the high school? Yes. Yep. So great. That's a nice size I've, for a con. I think all con should just be twelve people. At this point, it's too many people. <laughs> right. If a convention can fit in a pizza parlor, I'm out. <laughs> Did you guys? So stop you wouldn't by like you wouldn't like Kim and I's yearly best friend trip, which is San Diego. Yeah, oh, no, I went there. True. I went there for the first time last year, and I was just like, and like New York Comic Con is also the same way now, and it's just like I love it. But there's so many people. I like it. It takes 15 minutes to cross the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who yeah. likes it? I like it. It reminds me like I'm, you know, I'm in a punk rock crowd. It's like, all right, we're sort of walking. Are we walking? Is anyone walking? <laughs> I'm floating. Nope. And then you're there. Yeah. You're in Holly. I'm like, oh, that's true. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, let's, let's jump into the episode. Uh, before we get... Wait, what episode? Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's really good TV show. It's like a show, right. Uh, this is the finale for season one. Everything has been building up to this episode. We've got Giles interacting with Angel. Oh. We've got lots of great Buffy stuff. We've got the culmination of the the love triangle of Xander, Willow, and Buffy. Yeah. It is just so big. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's talk about the master really quickly, because this is a master episode. It is. <laughs> now, the, the master... Are we doing a recap? Oh, cram session? Yeah. I just, we didn't do that. I, uh, we didn't do it. I was just saying right, right. before we get too far in, we, oh, yeah. I, we didn't do the cram session. And so we're going to turn to our personal master of storytelling, Chris Bermonte, who's going to help us out with a cram session. Yeah, maybe you didn't uh, watch the episode. Maybe you're too busy going back and listening to all of Buffy Between the Lines. Totally makes sense. So Chris is going to help you cheat by telling you what happened in the episode. All right. In this episode, Giles... What's happening, Giles? Are you sleeping in the library? You look kind of, you know, unkempt and like maybe you're not showering. And that's true because Giles is poring over the Pergamum Codex, a book that Angel found him that says that Buffy will face the master and she will die. So Giles is freaking out about it when an earthquake strikes and the earthquake shakes everything and that signals definitely the apocalypse is coming. The master is going to rise. A giant three-headed snake-type beast is probably going to burst out of the ground. 
So, there you've got Angel and Giles freaking out about this whole thing. Meanwhile, in much smaller scale types of problems, Xander is finally going to reveal his feelings to Buffy, and he's going to ask her to the spring fling dance. He does. It goes terribly. He throws a tennis ball against a wall and listens to country music. It's actually pretty awesome. Uh, meanwhile, Xander feeling just so horrible, Buffy overhearing Angel and Giles talk about her death, feeling like she wants to quit, threatening that, and she is about to walk off, no longer be the Slayer, leave town with Joyce, until, uh, a group of the Master's minions slay a bunch of students in, uh, the middle of a pork, uh, a Three Little Pigs watching session. And the disturbing nature of that makes Buffy realize, you know what? Willow's super distraught. The spring fling's coming. Those kids are never going to find out whether or not the three little pigs warded off that wolf. And what we are going to need to do is to stand up against these people. Buffy accepts her role as the slayer, decides that she does not care if she dies, but that she will stand up and face the master. Uh, Buffy follows the anointed one who grabs her hand and they hold hands into the master's lair they walk into the lair Buffy gets attacked by the master bit he gets freed from his thing Buffy oh my god is she dead we don't know she's wearing this great white dress and then she falls into this pool Xander and Angel uh, have in the meantime teamed up because Xander's taking it into his own hands because he doesn't want Buffy to die and Xander and Angel find Buffy. Uh, Angel has no breath. He can't bring Buffy back to life. Xander does have breath. He gives her CPR. It brings her back to life. The theme song plays. <laughs> and so they stroll like badasses all the way back to the high school where the hell mouth is opening. Uh, a giant creature bursts out of the ground. Vampires are descending upon the high school and the library. Cordelia gets Miss Calendar and Willow in her car. Was that correct? And, um, I don't know. I, I'm sorry if I, I kind of got uh, lost in all this. Okay, so uh, Cordelia <laughs> gets uh, Jenny Calendar and Willow in her car and drives into the library because that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, I, I guess in the situation, no, yes. No, no. Don't to drive do. into libraries. Yeah, just saying. Okay, sorry. Like, you can drive to the parking lot. The like, Sunnydale Study Group does not approve of people driving cars into libraries. Anymore. <laughs> Anymore. I'm just saying. Um, so, yeah, basically they manage to fight off the vampires, Buffy kills the master, and then they go to prom. I think it's the May, uh, Spring Fling. Spring Fling. They call it Spring Fling and Prom, like, back and forth. Prom could be a Spring Fling. They call it both. I don't know. I I didn't go to a real high school, so we didn't have, I mean, we had prom, but we didn't have any other dances. They call it both. You had no other dances except for prom? How'd you guys Uh, practice dancing? I mean, we had, like, random dances. Like, I don't know. Oh, I don't so want to talk about high school. But, like, not really, but they weren't, like, it wasn't, like, spring fling or, like, homecoming because we didn't have sports. It was just, like, we'll have a dance with all the schools in the district. Whoa, you guys had inter-school dances? Because we had a really small school. We had a small school. Remember the communicators? <laughs> what? The communicators. <laughs> From... We made fun of Holland for this, like, two sessions My ago. My really small high school. Oh, it's called Communicators people. High School. And they're the communicators. <laughs> Where it's just someone whispering to another person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we miss any details? 
You said a lot of details. Yeah, and a lot of opinions. <laughs> I got a little lost. <laughs> did, I... we, did we get to the part where the master died? I got lost. I said that the master died. Yes. Yeah, I okay. I well, that's how I ended. I said they killed the master and they went to the dance, and the episode ended. Oh, uh, okay. And the master had I mean, fruit we, punch. We can now. get really detailed about how rumpled Giles looks, but you know, whatever. <laughs> the master does. His tweed coat, <laughs> Yeah, the master the elbow, has like a, a really um, his death sequence is uh, the budget was not great there. Um, it was sort of a, um, a Doctor Who. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very, very Doctor Who moment. Uh, You're talking about the master's skeleton yeah. moment. Yeah, where it's yeah. Like the particles are just like. Uh-huh. Oh, do we call that a creative? Because st- we always have a section, guys, creative called stakes? creative stakes. Yeah. It was an accidental creative stake because it was almost like the universe decided to make a creative stake out of a table. <laughs> it wasn't like Buffy ripped off a you know a Christmas tree branch. It was like, oh my god, the table broke, and there's a perfectly pointy, sticking piece of wood. And then Buffy right. does this sweet move where she just like chucks him through that uh, through the skylight. skylight. That's the thing. Yeah, I noticed they show that in the beginning of the episode. That's the first time that they show that skylight, right? Because it definitely it definitely only existed for that episode. Because they're like, all right, uh, God, we have to add this to the set. The mm-hmm. skylight, because this is going to come in at the end of the episode. So they start the episode by like bringing the camera like above, mm-hmm. and you look into the library That's as like right. an establishing shot. And you know? see Giles, and it's like I can smell him from here. I mean, that is. What's going on Poor with this Giles. guy? Giles is just like so... It's really... This episode... I've seen this episode so many times and I, I still cry. Like, it still makes me so upset. It's a really upsetting episode. This is the first, like, super upsetting episode mm-hmm. for Buffy. Yeah. Let's talk about um, how this wraps up season one and where this takes us in season one, if we can. And then uh, we can definitely get to... I definitely want to talk about Xander. I feel like it's a very contentious topic in season one. Um... Because apparently some people think it's awesome that he listens to country music, pulls the phone off the hook, and throws a tennis ball against the wall. We'll talk about that in a second. And no need to name names. <laughs> but like, so, what are we like? What, what has been introduced in season one or in the first few episodes of Buffy that's now being like concluded? Well, I mean, speaking of Xander, definitely his sort of like infatuation with Buffy. He's mm-hmm. you know like trying to push it further along. And um, and of course, we also see the heartbreaking effect that it's having on Willow, who was perfectly happy to have him practice on her. Oh, that is such a tough scene. Yeah. And she's like, you can keep practicing. And he's like, ah, oh, no, I'm, uh, I got other stuff. It's, it's really hard because I don't know if you guys had to experience it. I guess it goes both ways. But like, I was definitely like the girl that was like always the friend. Of, like, the guy that, like, I would really like. So I was always kind of, like, put in that position where it was, like, I'm going to ask out so-and-so. How should I go about it? Should I do this? Like, just asking me all of this advice as I'm, like, sitting there just, like, uh, maybe she would like it if you did this and, like, crying on the inside. I just, like, I related with Willow so much because that was always me. Julia Roberts will play you in the movie. I promise Julia Roberts will play me? Yeah. Okay. I don't think Julia Roberts (laughs) is still part of society. What? Yes, she is. (laughs) Sorry, Julia. She's Odysseus? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, no, she's like, yeah, she's on the uh, GNC fighting her way back, trying to claim her homeland, you know? (laughs) The GNC? Julia, that wasn't me. That was not me. No one else feels I love you. Look, if Julia Roberts peoples want to call me, you know, we'll go to Neverland. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that uh, I'll speak for um, I'll speak for Xander and Willow in this. Um, I have her, you know, Xander 
is tough in this first season. But Xander, I think, finally finds his voice in this episode. And I think it's because this is the first one that Joss wrote and directed and that uh, Xander so much is not just high school boys, but very much, as Whedon has said before, Whedon is Xander in a way. And I think that where Xander comes alive is in the moment where he's talking to Buffy on that bench and he's totally just failing at asking her when instead of going through his lines and he does his, oh God, and just kind of panics. To me, it's like, that's like, okay, now Xander is Xander. That panicky moment is where he just fully becomes like, not this sort of mean-spirited Xander that kind of uh, seems to kind of carry over most of season one, but he comes more of that sort of self-deprecating, very witty um, version of him that was initially one of the characters. I mean, I came in in a later season, but Xander was one of the characters that brought me into the show. And I think that that Xander doesn't really come alive until this episode. I mean, you're touching on a very interesting um point where it's like in season one we've seen a lot of like relationships developing and in a lot of uh, in most tv shows i would say that i've that i've watched um like a lot of cw shows and stuff like that uh heart of dixie um <laughs> you have my dad heard... watches heart of dixie <laughs> dixie your dad and i we should do we should skype or or like also like a bunheads podcast <laughs> yeah. <Huh>? nice <laughs> i haven't watched it and nor will I. And nor will I ever. Isn't not even the Rachel old Rachel Bilson. Folks, it's yeah, Rachel Bilson, right? Netflix. Yeah, she goes to live with her grandfather. She's a. I like Rachel Bilson, but yeah, no. We're totally getting uh, <laughs> so there's a show called Buffy. You guys should watch it. <laughs> Rachel Bilson is not in it. Uh, but what I really like about it is that oh, in this season uh, and in this show, there's a lot of characters who are like have these relationships, and it's like they're not really friends or just really into each other. And I feel like a lot of shows on like CW and such will still play that, where it's like, is Chuck going to ask her out when he flies her to Paris and stuff like that? Whereas in this show, it's almost like this finale was they're going to be friends, and it's because they do love each other, and there is going to be a little bit of this, like, um, not really ambiguity, but, like, blurred lines between their relationships. Mm -hmm. And I really like that, where they finally address it. They finally address the Xander Willow stuff. We finally address the Buffy Xander stuff. And it's just pulling that bandaid off and being like, it's here, let's deal with it so we can go back to saving the world and being friends. Yeah, no, I... So, here's the thing. Uh Yeah. Kim and I don't like teenage boys. Thank you. I agree with you. So we we struggle a lot with Xander's character because he is, like, the everyman. But I feel like, you know, there's there's moments of brilliance and then, like, moments of pure stupidity. And Mm -hmm. he is, like, we, like... I haven't been the friend of that guy, but I have seen those guys and it's just like, Oh dude, you're so dumb. Like why, why are you chasing the other girl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, and it is, it's, yeah, it's either that he's dumb or he's cruel, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, it's, it is super hard to watch and you just die for Willow. It's just so hard. But in this episode in particular, yes, He's very oblivious, and then he, um, it's, I, I really enjoy watching him completely fail with Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, but then he's, you know, and he always gets some great lines in, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, and then he kind of moves on from it, Mm -hmm. uh, although he gets to do the, I don't know, the 
chaste version of making out with her. <laughs> the CPR. That's that's. that's very, I think that's more of a. It's very that's kind more of, of a foreshadowy kind of. Like right. Well, and but it, but it was a really telling moment for him yeah. because mm-hmm. he was able to provide something for Buffy that Angel wasn't, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was clearly everybody was comparing him to Angel, like he was and Buffy right. was right. in terms of him being a romantic, you know, partner for mm-hmm. Buffy, and so this was something that he could do that Angel couldn't, and that was a big point of that part of the episode. It's, yeah. uh, it's funny because like a lot of the characters that we've met so far in Buffy have these amazing strengths and amazing weaknesses. And with Xander, we've seen so many weaknesses and not so many strengths per se. And his strength for in the character with the show, because he doesn't have superpowers or anything right now, um, it, but it's that he does care. And that's a great moment that you know Joss gave uh, to, to Xander, where he's, it's because he cares, he's able to actually save her life. Um, Save-ish her life. You know, he saves her life, right? I guess it's a life. Yeah, no, he saves her life, definitely. Well, and it's, it, it kind of, it kind of mirrors the, um, Welcome to the Hellmouth, where he's the one going after, trying to rescue, what's his face? You're totally Jesse. Yeah. Jesse, yeah. Yeah. It's like the same kind of, like, you know, screw, screw whatever you're saying, you know? (laughs) Like, Mm. I'm gonna, you know, screw what you're saying about the, he's not, he's no longer a human, you know, he's, you know. Right. And and to be honest, I think that it's a bigger deal for Xander that he is willing to pair up with Angel. Yeah. Than it is that he can breathe. Yeah. Yeah, and the person the person that he goes to, it's like of all the people that he could go to Giles, he could talk to Willow, he could talk to I mean that's pretty much it. But um <laughs> he just he chooses to go to Angel and I love the moment where he pulls the cross on him. And it's and it's not that I love it because I want Angel to suffer. It's like I love it because to me, what that moment just makes Xander so real in a way where it's like it's the easy thing for everybody to just kind of be like, and we're a team and we're going to go at it and everything's going to be fun and we're going to save the day. But, in, but that moment where he just tells him the whole like, to me, you're pretty much a vampire. And he throws the cross in his face because I did when I first saw that episode I did not expect that and the hostility that Angel hold, uh, that Xander holds towards Angel I'm not saying that it's justified and I know it comes from a very selfish uh, place of jealousy mm. but to me it's what still just drives Xander's almost just complete embarrassed lack of purpose because it's like when you're kind of the wimpy teenage boy look like i don't like teenage boys either i was one i know how <laughs> I, I know the depths of how horrible they are yeah, like every so often i still like become one yeah like, if i'm in traffic <laughs> i'll just like i'll just be like i should just park and get out and just like bang on their window and be like i'm gonna beat you up i'm like no i should just calm down and Exit so remind me not to like drive near you ever. <laughs> I take the train a lot more now. So. That's good. That's good. Uh, but he yells at the trains. Um, but I'm yeah, also just like oh, the Avengers are on Doritos bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, but it's yeah. also it's also very like I'm Team Angel all the way, but it's also something I think that's really real. Like if you were really in a situation where people were vampires and you saw them, you yeah. know, basically destroy your town would you really trust somebody who's like quote-unquote good like he still needs blood to survive so Uh (laughs) and also like it's it's like 
vampires are different than humans. They're demons. And it's like, as if like you went to go ask a favor of like, I don't know, like a lion. And you're just like, yo, I know we had some beef, but like, are we cool? <laughs> like, don't say that to a lion. Like, just like make sure that you have a cage by the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, this is that concludes my hour of comparing things to other things and trying yeah. to make sense out of it. We'll never smile at a crocodile because then Julia Roberts will come in and Gracie with pixels. Wow. Wow. It's, it's all coming full circle, guys. What? <laughs> She's holding a Doritos bag. <laughs> I in traffic. Got, I uh, I was I was I feel a little sore about Doritos. I'm just gonna tell you guys really quickly because um, I <laughs> was staying in a hotel room for a few days. I was visiting um, Oregon for my friend's wedding, and I went to go buy some nutritious food for myself. And one of them was a bag of Doritos, and had all the Avengers. And then I wanted the Black Widow one. Not and I didn't read what it was. I just wanted the Black Widow one, so I got it, and it, I didn't like it. What was it? Was it was it sweet sour chili or whatever? That's the only one I like. It, sweet sour ones? chili. Those are the only ones I like. Wait. I didn't even know they had Avengers Doritos. Yeah, they do. Those now. are the those ones are vegan. So I ate them when I was vegan. No. And then I just, yes, they are. The purple ones, they're vegan. They say that. <laughs> there's a show wow. called Buffy the Vampire. Show. <laughs> you guys should really watch it. <laughs> should watch so it. good. Okay. I've heard it's good. Let's go back yeah. to the Giles waking up and Chris having such a problem with his disheveledness. Well, not a problem. <laughs> okay, so Giles Giles' one job is to protect Buffy, and he finds out that she is going to die, and there's nothing he can do about it. Mm. So he's basically just, like, spending all of his time trying to prevent this from happening, not wanting to tell her, willing to take it into his own hands, even though he's totally not capable. It's so heartbreaking. And that's his nightmare. And when, right? exactly, it is literally episode. his nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like it is, And it's come up multiple times in this like first season. And then the moment where Buffy overhears Giles and Angel talking about what's going to happen and her whole like monologue is the saddest thing. I love that part so much. It's, it's, it's so great. It's like, suddenly so young. Like you know she's young, but like she she's just such a badass about everything that you don't even think about it. And then she like literally she's like, I'm sixteen, I don't wanna die mm-hmm. and I just like break. Like every time I just start crying. I'm like <sighs> it's so sad. And then just like you just see Giles, like, because you know Giles is so broken up and then after like that monologue happens, like you feel how Giles feels. You're just yeah. like, Oh my god. Like this And is- what better honestly, what better way to show Giles in a disarray than being unkempt like he's always yeah. been the the smart british guy you know and he's <laughs> got his tweed and yeah. yeah look guys i'm not saying that i don't respect that giles just didn't go down <laughs> to the gym and take a shower i'm not saying that i don't respect that choice i mean he needed to check out the pergamum codex again i i'm i'm full i just want to say it right now i'm in full support of giles i know that he cares I was only bringing up his uh, his appearance to really emphasize how uh, distressed he was. Okay, let's be honest though. If you could sleep, I if I could sleep in a library, I would. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would be so excited if like the library out of nowhere was just like, by the way, like if you want to crash on the couch tonight, go ahead. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, we all yearn until, for a never-ending story Until that moment, moment that you miss your bed. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. you're welcome. Feel free. Let me know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. I have like little cushions. I can't promise it'll be all that comfortable, but you could do what you want. Whatever. <laughs> nice. Within reason, it's just, a school library, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
You can't do anything you want. Come on. Well, yeah, okay, fine. Clean up. <laughs> but if you find a book with two intertwined snakes on the front of it, and it starts yeah. telling you about yourself, you put that back book back on the shelf. For sure. You don't know what you've yes. gotten into. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel the same way about the Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> Oh. There was one city. There was another city. It's like, which one are you going to go to? I don't know. Can't be in two places at once. Best of times, great. Sounds great. Thanks. <laughs> I'll stop reading yeah, there. I'm pretty sure I do have one of those books in my library, but not the other. So. <laughs> and it's up to you to find out. <laughs> Only you. Can anyway, decide. Buffy. Yes, it's a really yeah. great show. Oh, it's so good. You guys Cordy, can, watch we, can I turn the can I turn the tables to Cordy for a minute? She yes. bites a vampire. Cordy's awesome in this episode. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for Cordy Chase. Yeah. This is the one time Chase. where you bring up Cordelia, and I'm like, yes, no, I agree. It is relevant that we should be discussing Cordelia now. Yeah. <laughs> so Look, I'm a champion Who would have thought, though, the beginning of the season that Cordelia would be awesome? And I love that. And I love that it's like, and I'm certain that it's like, Whedon's like, you're going to love her. You're going to love this is the this is a kind of archetype that is so thoroughly loathed and so never redeemed. This is I mean, this is another one of those like great twists that we get in season one, where it's like you just think that this is gonna be the character that's just the antagonist. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is Buffy's enemy, she's pro- we're probably all gonna hate her. And then they keep humanizing her slowly and then pulling her back, and in this episode they're just like, Yeah, how do you feel about her now? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I, uh, yeah. I think when I was first watching the show, I saw like a little synopsis and I think it was of this episode and they talk about like the, you know, the gang and they include Cordy in the list of people in the gang. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then you were like, oh, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> Scooby Doo and they're just like, here's all your favorites. Velma, and Scooby, Shaggy. Scrappy. And, Scra- and Scrappy You're like, fuck Scrappy. <laughs> like, you Scrappy like, alone. He's a tiny puppy. Like, live action movie, and then he's like, isn't he evil? And then he does a good thing. Yeah. Kind of like Cordy. Yeah. <laughs> Except that, like, they did a really good job humanizing Cordelia. I feel like Scrappy Doo has never been humanized. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a dog. That's true. They never have dogified <laughs> Scrappy Doo. They never dogified him? <laughs> Look, Scrappy Doo. No, like, no, this I'll, is, no, I'll, this I'll, is, I'll, I'll join this is you tangentially Scrappy. related, guys. I'm very proud of you because Sarah Michelle Gellar was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say. So then the girl who plays <laughs> Daphne, yeah. her name is Sarah Michelle Gellar. I hear she does this thing. <laughs> yeah, she does this mm-hmm. thing called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a great show. Did someone, when we were asking like, how people it. got into Buffy, someone was like, I really like Sarah Michelle Gellar because I saw her in the Scooby-Doo yeah. movie, and then I wow. watched Buffy, and I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Wow. That was her. <laughs> that was our friend, what? our Disney friend. Oh, That's yeah. fabulous. Alex. Yeah. Alex. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Alex. I love, yeah, sorry, Alex. I hope he doesn't hear it. <laughs> Alex, there, I saw that you were. There has been the there has been people that have come through Twilight, which is one of the many redeeming things about Twilight. Yikes! <laughs> one of the only redeeming things about Twilight. There, there yes. are others. From Holland Park is. That's like uh, that's like some forty one bringing you to Black Flag. You know what I mean? It's like some forty one is great. <laughs> it makes it makes for great movies to watch while you're talking to your best friend. Aww. It's true. You know, I in an empty this, theater. I watch those movies with my cousin. Not in an empty Gosh. theater, in a living room. That's just us. Yeah. Kim I and I went to see yeah. the third one. Uh-huh. 
Second one? And I don't remember a thing. I think it was the second one. (laughs) I think it was the second one. Yeah, it was the second one because it was all about Jacob and which leads me to werewolves, which are not in this episode of Buffy, a show you should watch. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, it's not about werewolves? No thanks. Um, Sorry. Uh, if you guys could have a badass moment where you're walking in almost slow motion to any song or theme, what would it be? The Buffy theme? <laughs> I think that's the correct answer. Actually. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, correct. <laughs> Either uh, that or Danger Zone. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh Danger Zone. Yeah, Danger Zone popped answer. in my head. Although I think... Mine would probably be something like really bizarre, like sixteen tons. Yeah, you probably would be. That's great. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> like acapella. <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't know. I think just because of who we are, it would be the Buffy theme song. That's true. But if it was our individual personalities, I would be Highway to the Danger Zone, and you would be sixteen tons. It's right. But now, which uh, version we, of the Buffy theme song? Because there are four. Actually, versions. it would probably be our version of yes. our. Your guys it'd be the, version. It would be the so Austin. Uh... Austin did Austin? No, we had somebody else do mm-hmm. that. That was, was Beatnet Turtles, wasn't it? Beatnet Turtles? Yeah. Turtles, yes. That's they awesome. are awesome. They yeah. are awesome. My, my answer they, is your guys' a... too. To be honest, mm-hmm. that or Gravity, Define Gravity, but from Define from Wicked. Gravity? Yeah. As like as you're walking, yeah. that's really slow. Well, get a good workout. Right. That's why sixteen tons is funny because you yeah. know. Actually, you know what? Defying gravity would work. I'm rethinking it. I'm picturing it in my head. I'm watching Omar in slow motion in my head, walking to Defying Gravity right now, and I'm just baffled. <laughs> I'm joyfully it's one of those baffled. French, it's one of those French films. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would go to uh, Tranny Chasers by RuPaul. Great song. Look it up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I did want to go back to the Buffy, to Buffy. the Buffy speech, <laughs> to Buffy, Shocking. the show that you should all watch. Um, the Buffy speech where she says, like, I'm 16 and I don't want to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I watched, I watched the show unspoiled, thankfully, and um, because my boyfriend at the time was really, really, really into Sarah Michelle Gellar, mm-hmm. like a little creepily so, and mm-hmm. I wanted to know why. Um, but I did not fall in love with the show until season two. But when I saw this moment, I'm like, oh. This isn't just some campy Xena show. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, is... hey, 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 hey. <laughs> no offense to Xena. Okay, 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 okay. I, you know, but it's not like just silly, crazy fun. Like, right. this has depth. And, you know, when she, when she gave that speech, uh, it's, you know, Sarah does amazing with speeches, BTW. Oh, they're so good. Um, so rousing. Not yes. arousing. Rousing. Oh I said rousing, and then was like, that sounds like arousing. Quick. <laughs> Sometimes I shouldn't say words. But it's 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 the moment in Buffy season one. Like, I, I was still watching. Like, I was still, mm-hmm. like, you know, I was devouring the DVDs. But I wasn't, like, you know, it was all popcorn TV for me for a while. But when it got to that moment, I was like, oh, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. I should watch mm-hmm. more. This is This is a thing. That's amazing. That was great. So. Uh, overly bring it. You're just reminding me not to like overly bring this in because we mentioned it a lot. Um, but I think it, it deserves being said. Like I remember when I was watching, I, I had I'd watched um, other seasons on TV and then I actually bought season one on DVD um, to watch. And when I got to the end, it was just, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And the fact that it was um, 
like it's it's a high school girl, and it's like the most actionist climax I'd ever seen on like a seat in a in a TV series. Just blew me away. I was so excited about that. Yeah, but did you say actionist? Actionist. Oh okay. Actionist. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. And no. Do you guys? Yeah, do you guys definitely. know? I meant to look this up. Like, when did they not think they were going to pick up for season two? Like. Was that so, kind of done as like a in case this doesn't come back, this can be a standalone like twelve episodes? No, I think it actually was because this was a mid season pickup. Okay, and so it was only slated for like thirteen episodes, but fourteen. I think it was fourteen. Probably mm. sorry, <laughs> it's been a while. My gosh, I got I just um, adjusted my glasses and everything. It's okay. It's okay. Good. Oh, I didn't know you had glasses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they, um, so it, it seems like it went pretty smoothly though, because it really um, did so great, mm-hmm. and so they just kept it going. I don't, yeah, I don't think there were a lot of ratings drama. But then again, also this was a time where the ratings drama was vastly different than it is today. Right. Yeah. So I think they watched TV. Yeah, Nielsen family. Yeah. Well, and they and they had like the measurements were less precise and less strict. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean, gosh, if you watch some of the older shows these days, you're like, whoa, this show would never make it. <laughs> Before we start to uh, wrap up this this session here, I can see that our, our clock that goes to the ringer is getting really close to. Oh. And people on Periscope can see that it's actually a clock. Yep. No, they see that I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> no, they don't see that way. Oh yeah. They don't see what you're looking lie. at. Well, but now, now you've told them it's a lie. Now you've just you've broken the illusion. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's your guys' favorite uh, moment from season one? Like, what to you guys is the Buffy moment for you for season one? I mean, you guys are Buffy experts, mm-hmm. experts. So, <laughs> like, what to you? No pressure, is... Kim. Yeah. Yeah, right. Huh. <laughs> the answer is Danger Zone. I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> 42. The answer is 42. <laughs> the answer is oh, almost okay. 42. Oh, let's see the question. Okay, anyway. Lucky 19? No. <laughs> uh, Buffy moment from season, season one. one. Gosh, season one is so tough. Um, I mean the I mean the moments the moment that she becomes Buffy is when is is like twofold for me. It's it's the the pilot when she's finally you know because the whole time she's like no I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna mm-hmm. mess up this town I'm not gonna be the Slayer I'm not you know find somebody else and whatever. Um, and then the moment where she she decides that she has to because she has to help people. And right. that, that for me was huge. You're talking about in the pilot? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then again here where it's like, again, she has to decide to be the slayer, which the slayer is somebody who dies young. And, mm-hmm. and that decision makes her Buffy. That's yeah. That's so like, that totally like mirrors like that moment in the pilot where it's like, this is not a funny, this is not a fun, sexy adventure you're going to go on. This is, right. this kind of sucks. Do you yeah. want to do it? Also, you have to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say for me, I, I think, you know, the image of her in the white dress face down in the water is mm. such a poignant image. And it really does sum up a lot of, of um you know this season but another image that's also really oh shoot i'm gonna mess up my seasons i want to make sure that i have my seasons right yeah i, I so. was like there's that time when oh that season no. <laughs> right it's so that i need to make sure 
it is the this season. Yes, it is. Okay, phew. Um, <laughs> um, is is the Marcy thing, and and yeah. that partially mm-hmm. comes from Joss and knowing that um, that the image of the hand disappearing. Mm-hmm. The Marcy bit, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this or not, but Joss has mentioned that that was one of the very first images that ever came to him um, before Buffy, the concept of Buffy even existed. So this idea of a person sort of fading out. Yeah, Um, And so that is also, to me, sort of a good um, wrap-up of the season because it... It's sort of like the weird and the unusual, and it sort of encapsulates not it's not just about vampires, it's about these um you know lots of different things, and of course, I guess Darla would be the other the 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 other iconic bit is the very in the in the pilot when you see you know Darla in the yeah, the, the vampire. The, the vampire first is turn the where it's like that first girl. Sort of reversal where the guy from mm-hmm. Shasta McNasty is there, and it turns out that she's the vampire. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know what? That might be my favorite moment actually. And there's so many like really deep and effective moments that I think I tie into a lot more, like especially with Marcy, as you mentioned. But I think it was like that opening bit where it's just like, nope, it's Darla. Yeah, so great. yeah, I love that too. It's just, that's when mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh, this is my favorite TV show." Yeah. <laughs> to, to, go, to go off of the moment of her in the white dress in the master's lair, um, this season to me probably more—I um, shouldn't say more than the rest of the series because that's kind of spoilerific, uh, but it's not. Uh, th- this season, the vamp, the master is so—and I've talked about this in the past—religious in a way. His, mm-hmm. his the amount of uh, reverence he holds for Aurelius and the writings and the prophecies, and he's just you know he's so religious. And the fact that there's that kind of iconography of this evil religion, and then the fact of Buffy, it's almost kind of like her death baptism imagery in a way, where it's like Ooh, yeah. by her drowning in that scene in the master's lair. And then she comes back and it's like now she is just as as in this as she ever will be. And when she comes back and Xander brings her back and it's no longer really romantic than them. And then she's just marching to the theme song, which is not necessarily even that moment, but just how fearless she is from that moment onward, having died and returned. She just straight up trips a guy. Yeah. The guy's like, I'm going to beat you up. And she's like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not even done. I don't even talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and then nope. going up there to me, I think it's absolutely that whole moment combined with the I'm I may be dead, but I'm still pretty, which is more than I can say for you. Uh-huh. And I, I just <laughs> love true. that. I wish yeah. all of Southern California. I moved to Southern California. I'm not from here. I wish all of Southern California was like that. <laughs> I wish people still talk like Frank Zappa songs. <laughs> Which is co-written, they, mostly written they, by Zappa. They never did. <laughs> Frank Zappa and his daughter lied to me. Uh, <laughs> Judy Zappa. Uh, her uh, name is. But I was going to mention. Diesel. I was going to. I was going to mention that part of the master. Like this. This whole. Not only is it a whole like rich with symbolism. You know, she's wearing a white dress. She's innocent. She's sixteen. You know, we're sending her to die. Um, but that whole, you know, the master himself was this idea of we're rooting this in the vampire lore. You know, 
the very, um, very Dracula, very, you know, very religiously seeped, you know, mm. but then at the end of this season, it's like, guess what? We're also girl power nineties millennial, you know, like this is done. Mm. We're not, we're not scared of this. We're not scared of, of what this was. A really like a creepy old dude. Let's be like he's just the creepiest old dude you could get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mark Mark Medcalf. Yeah, he's great. How about you, Holland? What's your favorite? Um, I just think this this episode is like very important to me as far as season one goes, because um, it is when the show starts to get more serious. And I do I I like the hokier episodes of Buffy, but I think this is. This is great because so many kind of great character moments happen in this episode. Um, and I very much kind of watch things for um, the characters and how they grow and how they interact and everything. So um, I, I love the moment, um, particularly where it's like Buffy and Joyce. Um, and Joyce like knows she's upset and thinks she knows what's going on. And there's lots of moments like that. But this is like the most kind of like intense one because Buffy is upset because she knows she's going to die and Joyce is like oh I know it's because you didn't get asked to prom yeah. but I bought you this dress and so like Joyce is doing this really great thing like if this was a normal situation and her daughter wasn't the slayer like this would be great she buys her this dress that she had saw her looking at even though they can't afford it and she knows she's really upset and she's doing like such a great thing as a mom and she's trying to be supportive and th- she thinks that she's on target um, yeah. and she's, she's working the weekend the gallery's open well, on the weekend, but like Buffy, and like just the fact that like Buffy can't tell her mom that she is going to die, and yeah. that is why she's upset, and she has to keep that a secret. And her, and it's they have such a fraught relationship, but they they have this moment, and then Buffy kind of like puts on the dress and like goes out anyway, and so it's kind of like she's like, in a way, it works because like her whole like motivational like go to prom speech works in a way because she's like, you're right, I'm gonna put on this dress, I'm gonna go face the master, but it just she can't be completely honest with her. And so it's like really heartbreaking and mm-hmm. also really important at the same time. And I think that scene just like speaks so much to me. And I think that's such an important scene in season one. Yeah. This whole season, mm-hmm. there's been such a tension yep. between being normal and fitting in and being cool and popular and being like a nineties archetype, uh, as well as like being special. And it's not like a cool kind of special, mm-hmm. like being weird. And that's such a great moment with <laughs> Joyce. Where it's just kind of like the whole she's battled with Joyce a lot. Where she's like, I want to be a cheerleader. I want to like fit in. I want to be good. And Joyce is like, I don't want you to be bad. Like I want you to be like a good person. You know, just a typical, normal, boring '90s kid as well. And that moment is when she's just like, you know what? I'm gonna own this. I'm a weird person. I'm gonna wear a normal dress. It's gonna look like I'm doing a normal thing, but I'm gonna go out and do a weird thing. I'm pretty much going out to die, and I'm owning this entire experience. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like you can't yeah. put a label on it. I'm just Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> And she throws the leather coat on yeah. over it. It's such a great outfit. Oh my god, it's such an iconic. It is. Oh my I god. have the doll. It's so cool. I, I always see it and I'm always tempted to buy it. I think if I ever cosplayed Buffy, that would be the Buffy cosplay I would do. That's a good one. That's like the uh, yeah. only one I would want to do. That's the coolest yeah. one. And it's the only time that that uh, that the Nerf Herder theme is ever played in it, and then Thank it goodness. is and then it is played in slow mo piano. I don't think it works. It's yeah. cool, but. And that is our bell, which means we are about to wrap up. But before we do, we are going to do an extracurricular activity. 
And what that is, so Paula Barkas is going to tell us something, an activity for us to do on the spot right here. We have not planned it, we have not discussed it, and it's going to be inspired by the episode. <laughs> it could be a song, it could be a jingle, it could be a local car commercial. It's all up to Holland Farkas. So Holland, what are we doing this week? Um, it's funny that you guys say that I don't plan these because I really don't. Because every time it comes up, I'm like, oh crap, I should have thought of this beforehand so I would have something to say at this moment. And then I'm always thinking off the top of my head. Um, so. <laughs> that was a play by play. Improvise. Inside my brain right now. Um, so, since we. Um, the library faces a bit of an unfortunate um, earthquake incident, very beginning of the episode. Um, so we should do, let's just do some sort of weather report for Sunnydale because there was a giant earthquake that no one really references. Um, and people are still going into the library for the rest of the episode. So I would like to know, like, if anyone in Sunnydale just like realized what was going on there. And in other news, Herbert the pig has been seen rushing away alive and intact. But before we go to that story, we are going to talk about the weather, because while it doesn't come from the sky, it comes from below. We had an earthquake, and that concerns our weatherman. How's it going, Chris? Well, I wish I could say it was better, my friend, but it is not. No, as you know, we are here in Southern California, and it has been some time since the big one struck, but a pretty big one struck tonight. I think it was about a 5.1, and I am here at the site that is very lonely and very desolate, a high school library. But I am here with two students, two students that survived the blast. They dodged the books. They're here to tell their stories. Now, uh, student one, I'll let you introduce yourself. What was your experience when the earthquake struck? So, like, my name is Hillary, and uh, I lived here my whole life, and I, somebody told me there was an earthquake, but whatever. Hillary, so accustomed and so unmoved by the disaster around her. A true, true Sunnydalian. Uh, now this uh, student number two who seems to be, well, well, I'll just let her speak for herself. Now, same question to you, student number two. What do you make of this tragic event? Oh my gosh, my name is Aphrodisia and... um. Gosh, the books like falling everywhere and they almost chipped a nail. I'm not sure. Like totally uncool. That Buffy chick was there again. Oh my God. Well, you have it. You heard it here first, folks. This earthquake was totally uncool. Back to you. <laughs> totally uncool. <laughs> pretty sophisticated for the Southern California News Report. All right, and that is our closing bell, which means we are pretty much done. We are done with season one, you guys. We did it. We did it. Yeah, me. No, well, I mean, but thank I mean, you. Great. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast for a finale, and thank you for people who have been listening uh, to this entire season. I feel like we just kind of went for this. I know you and uh, I mean Omar and Chris had been planning this podcast for a while, but I don't know if you guys know like the origin story. We were at a uh, James Brent Isaac's birthday party and drinking and omar comes up to me and is like so chris and i are gonna do a buffy podcast do you want to help us um <laughs> I, I and not been drinking unless you're talking about grape juice <laughs> omar doesn't drink i drink a lot um so that's that's basically what happened and then we put this podcast together and 
a couple weeks pretty much because yeah, we, we wanted to, to have it up for like the date of the premiere um and we've been updating every week which is pretty impressive so thank you guys for listening um and thank you guys for doing this podcast yeah um tabs kim you guys are just like so you're just a, such like i don't inspirational forces in the buffy world mm-hmm. where can they find more stuff about you guys um, most of what you can find is on betweenthelinesstudios.com. Yes. And um, we have, we each have um, Buffy podcasts that are separate or had. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can still find them um, that are that are separate from Between the Lines as well. Uh, Tabs has Strangely Literal, which is um, Buffy fanfic read aloud. And I have um, Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land, which is basically... <laughs> Um, a, a lots of different um, ways of dissecting the show, and um, guests, and how I got into Buffy stories, and all sorts of different kinds of um, celebrations of the show in general. That's great. Yeah, and we we also do uh, Angel Between the Lines, which is a mm-hmm. show that you should also watch. <laughs> Angel, yes, yes, and a bunch of TV podcasts and things like that are on our on our channels. So. These guys are like the the positive Thanos of podcasts. Like, every negative thing about Thanos, but positive. That's <laughs> uh, it has been so awesome having you guys on. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are going to be continuing watching Buffy in three weeks. We'll be back in three weeks. We'll have some stuff in the meantime, but we'll be back for season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the, yeah, the thirtieth of June. Yes. <laughs> and then probably, probably some bonus ups in between. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, tell everybody, tell all your friends. Say like, hey, did you watch season one? You did it. Here's how you can do it. <laughs> and if you want to check out anything else about Sunny Del Study Group, you can always find us on Twitter at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Sunny Del Study Group. I will finish this sentence. I will finish it. And I will, it will be glorious. <laughs> Chris, where can they find your stuff? Hi, I'm Chris Bramanti. You can find me on Twitter, Amantiak. You can find me on YouTube, and I'm fantastic. And you can find me across the greater Los Angeles area with musical improv troupe robot teammate in the accidental party we're premiering our uh, science fiction original musical time heart at the hollywood fringe festival this june uh, if you go to robotteammate.com, you can find all of that and holland where can they find you and i'm holland farkas you can find me on twitter <laughs> at holland farkas facebook also holland farkas instagram parkland tumblr holland farkas uh youtube is youtube.com slash user slash telltale heart xo also i contribute to geekandsundry.com you can read my articles there and yes and I'm Omar. You can always find me at youtube.com slash two broke geeks or on Twitter at number two broke geeks. All right. That's it. It's time for it. Let's just go. You know what? I'm just going to put on a white dress and go sit in the bath. <laughs> this has been such a rush. This has been such a dream come true. We are such huge, huge, insanely gross Buffy geeks. And so this has been an exciting adventure. And we are so... Insanely gross. We are so gross. It's insane. <laughs> We are so excited to continue this. And again, guys, thank you for all of your support, hitting us up on Twitter, Facebook, listening, sharing it, just watching Buffy with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to thank, there's a few people I'd like to thank, both, oh good, uh, both, both good and evil. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, JP Rakath, you inspire me every week with your, uh, with your extracurricular activities. Um, was it Aaliyah? Is your friend? Aaliyah. Aaliyah, you, thank you so much for your support. Um, everybody who just 
lets us know the specific things they're hearing about it. Whenever I see that stuff, I just I'm delighted. It's so delightful. All right, guys, we are going to go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a vacation from the library. But for now, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you on the 30th. ago this wow. this uh, episode aired on tv on this night so we are living history Wait, right now eight years it's ago? ten years ago it's more than eight years ago it's ten years ago it ten years ago well what, it was just the 12 year anniversary of buffy existing right oh, okay yeah just, you're right the original air date was 1997 it was uh, the day we started this march so that would have been actually carry the two it was just the 12 year anniversary of the Finale. Some time ago. Anniversary of the finale. So if we add an extra six or seven years, so it's eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Wait, you said eight. Yes. So let me let me correct that. Um, (laughs) We do that bit again. Say eighteen, probably. (laughs) June second. This is the gold you get when you watch the Periscope. Five of you. I was gonna say because Buffy and I are the same age. That can't be eight years ago. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. Why not? Wow. Let's just say that it is. Uh, <laughs> can... Sure, it was, Tabs. <laughs> that's right. Ages I'm still close. in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs>